Hello and welcome to Remote Nikon Report, your weekly roundup of all the latest Nikon news and all other photographic announcements that we found interesting. It's on one end of the wire. <laughs> the old school wire. And this is Becky on the other end of the wire. We've got a tin can next to each of us and a long string. <laughs> In the world of technology, we are a little bit old-fashioned. It's one way to do it. Okay, well, no main news this week. It seems like it's been quiet on the news front, but from what Tom Hogan tells us, be prepared to be busy. So hopefully it has some way to it. So we'll find out hopefully in a couple of weeks, but let's start with promotions. So promotions are not only happening in UK, but also in Japan as well. Tell us, Becky, on the UK front. Yeah, so over here we have two promotions running. The first is a discount of full frame Z cameras, which runs until the 30th of March. And the second one is a DX Z camera promotion. So this is what Nikon have called the new to Nikon promo. And this runs until the 11th of April, which means you can get instant discounts of up to about £90 on your DX Z bodies. Fantastic. And in Japan, Nikon started the campaign, which is called Nikon Creators Support Spring Campaign. It will run from 10th of March till 17th of April, and it will give you discounts of Z6 Mark III and Z7 Mark III cameras. It's up to 30,000 yen for the camera only or bought with a qualifying lens, something like 24-70. And all you have to do is just basically live in Japan, buy it there and register with Nikon. That's right. Now moving on to some new release news, the 85 1.2Z, which I know many of you are waiting for, is due to start shipping on March the 20th. Oh, yeah. So the first shipment is coming apparently all over the world. I know we are getting some. Is that correct, Bex? That's right. We will be getting a small amount, possibly not enough to keep everybody happy, but uh, at least to get the, the, the ball rolling, as it were. So um, I don't know when we'll be able to see a sample of one so that we can test it out for our channel. But in the meantime, those customers who have placed pre-orders most of them will hopefully be very happy indeed. Absolutely. And for some of you who are on the fence, there are raw files available for download online. Apparently, one of the Nikon Rumors reader sent them a gallery and you can download in the link provided. So I looked at those images and I can tell you that I am getting more and more convinced that this lens is the one that I need. And while my 8514G is still the best 85 round in the absence of the budget for the new lens, I'm starting to think that it's time for me to save up and maybe upgrade in the near future. They are really lovely files, actually, considering that they're raw files and you can just see how dreamy those backgrounds become and how incredible that subject isolation is. It, I can understand why you would be tempted, for sure. Yeah, and if you've got a camera like Z9, then with a fast Osfox motor of 85, which was obviously before something that we couldn't think of fast loss focus on a wide aperture prime portrait lens. Now you can just be lazy. Like I remember we were talking about the wildlife lenses and Z9 where you just press AF on button and just continue to track the subject in the motion. So very similar with this, you can just isolate the subject really quickly at 1.2 in any lighting conditions. And that's something that, I don't know, if it takes away the skill from the photographer, but it definitely makes your life easier as a photographer. It does. Now, if anyone wants to see real-world usage, then Matt Irwin has gotten his hands on a pre-production model of the 85 1.2. So he's done what he calls a shootout between the Z85 1.2 all the 85 mils from the F mount to the F 1.8 Z mount. And he's also thrown in an 85 1.8 Viltrox into the mix. So if you'd like to see 
what those are like, how they compare, then definitely check out his video on his YouTube channel. Definitely. A couple of spoilers there. First of all, he says you get what you pay for. And in this case, you pay double for H5.1.2s over the G version. Do you get the double of the performance? I personally don't think so, but what's focus speed, I think, is one of the main problems, but obviously the image quality has improved as well. Now, what I also noticed that he had some issues with Realtrox 85 for video work, and uh, that just puts us in the perspective of third-party lenses and the support from Nikon of the third-party lenses for that merely system. And while companies like Tamron and Sigma and Voigtlander are developing lenses under license, with Nikon, Viltrox is reverse engineering and the result of that could be those teasing issues between different equipment and different versions of the software. Yes, exactly. Good. Next up, some Z8 rumors for you. So Nikon Rumors has been told that the Z8 is rumored to be approximately the same size as the D850, but just a little bit slimmer. I mean, honestly, we've been talking about this about a year ago, don't you think so? I think we have been saying that for a while, but now it's an official rumor, if that's if there is such a thing as an official rumor. All right, the next rumor is going to come in next week in the absence of actually real news is going to be that Z8 will take an L15 battery as well, you know, so <laughs> and all the YouTubers are going to come out with videos. And this is what puzzles me a little bit, because if we have a camera like Z7 and Z6, would it make sense to make Z8 the same size? And that was exactly the point that we talked about a year ago, maybe it was 18 months ago. I don't remember now, but it's puzzling to me that now suddenly it became a real thing that yes, Z8 is going to be bigger than the 7. It's going to be more or less a Z9 without the battery pack attached to it. So something that we speculated a while ago. I mean, I'm, if he's got the, any concrete evidence, like actually person who is developing and telling him, then I'm really happy that we are right in this case. But it's just so logical to me that it's just puzzling why this came out just now as a rumor article. Now, one of the questions that Nikon Rumors ask in that article is, why is Nikon Z8 so much bigger than Z6 and Z7? What kind of functionality and hardware will Z8 have that requires a size similar to the G850? Well, first of all, if the theory that Z8 is mini Z9, then yes, once you take the battery out, all that technology that in Z9 should sit somewhere, and obviously, maybe they increase the production and make things smaller, so there is a space for NL15 battery. But even with that basic approach, it makes sense for the camera to be bigger than Z7. Now, if we're thinking that Z8 is going to have a high-resolution sensor, then still, a lot of technology comes from Z9, so it does make sense for the camera to be bigger than that. Now, one thing I want to see, and that's something that we didn't see in the rumor pipeline, is the shutter. Is it a full electronic shutter and no mechanical shutter? Or are we going with a mechanical shutter with an electronic shutter built in? So that's what for me is very interesting because the rumors were that the Z9 no shutter technology is very expensive to produce and uh, build trickle down to the less expensive models. Well, okay. Now, a little bit more on not necessarily the Z8, but Tom Hogan actually wrote an article to say what's coming next. And he says that while Nikon Rumors keeps discussing what the Z8 might be, 
He doesn't believe that the Z8 is Nikon's next launch. That's an interesting twist, isn't it? It's a plot twist and a half, that. So he says, The real background noise in Tokyo right now concerns two other imminent camera bodies, lenses, both announcements and roadmap, software, and perhaps a new flash, but not the Z8. Of all these things, the only details I've learned seems to suggest that the Z6 III might be one of those two bodies and that the Snapbridge Nikon image space type software might be getting some attention. Attention, which is interesting. And then he confused a lot of people and a lot of people emailed him. So he had to actually update the article. And he said, it could be two new cameras and a development announcement, but he thinks that's more likely a new camera and development announcement. And if it's a new camera and development announcement, that could be Z6 III and then development announcement for Z8. So the sequence of the releases, he sees something like this. He says, first of all, we will see development announcement, then we see product announcements, then we will see fiscal year financials, that will be in May. So the product announcement, development announcement happens in April or so. And then the product will be shipped in summer at some points, and then another development of the product announced sometime in summer. So I don't know, very interesting take. What do you think, Becky? Will we see Z6 Mark III before Z8, or do you think it's going to happen after? Um, I wasn't expecting that as a plot twist. I have to say, the Z6 III, I was suspecting would be sometime at the end of the year. But then this begs the question to me, if we're only going to see two cameras and one of them is going to be the Z6 III and the other one's going to be the Z8, then does that mean that the Z8 is therefore replacing the Z7 II-3? Because from what I'm getting from Tom's article is that he doesn't expect a Z7 III at least this year. And then at that point, is there any purpose behind bringing it out? It's a strange one. Maybe the Z8 is not the Z8. Maybe it's a Z7 III. <laughs> oh, so we're back to square one then from what we started <laughs> about a year ago. Full circle. It's definitely, I'd say, asked more questions than answered with his kind of feeling of what's happening or what's going to be happening. If we see a development announcement, then I assume that will be the Z8 development announcement because they wouldn't do a development announcement for a Z7 Mark III. So that's kind of my feeling now is that we may not have a Z7 Mark III. Oh, I see. So Becky is basically stirring the pot for everyone. So the comments will just enrage. I hope that everybody will be very nice, not not enraged. <laughs> On the internet, everyone has been nice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> But basically, Becky cancelled Z7 Mark III. That's what we see. I mean, Tom Hogan's twist is going to go to the top 10 shocking anime twist of the year, at least. So that's for, <laughs> for sure. sure. I don't know. I mean, from one point, I see that Z8 will be its own announcement. From another point, I see if we see Z6 III, then we probably will see Z7 III at the same time. Because mm. those cameras came out around the same time. So, you know, all within, let's say, a few months from each other. So point is, let's say, if Z8 is a high-resolution camera with, a, let's say, high speed of Z9, maybe not the same speed, but, you know, whatever resolution and the process allows for. Mm. But I personally see, let's say, if you take a Z7 as a higher resolution kind of semi-pro camera, then Z8 is going to be higher resolution camera on steroids, if you see what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about this thing? Is it acceptable to people or people will say, well, just buy Z7. Why do I need a faster camera than that? Yeah, that that kind of then raises the question of if they were going to do a Z7 III, why would the Z8 only have 45 megapixels? So then we, we're asking the same questions that we asked ourselves back when we started talking about the Z8, which was, 
what is going to be the sensor. If we're now concluding that the sensor is going to be the same as the Z9, I don't see a space in which the Z7 III makes sense. However, I would love to hear what our viewers think and our listeners think. Do you think that a Z7 III would be necessary if the Z8 comes out? Is it the price that makes a difference for you? Or is there some other feature that we're perhaps not thinking about? Let us know what you think. Well, absolutely. And from another point of view, uh, Tom Hogan actually uh, supports our logic and thinks that Nikon will not have the brother and sister cameras like D1 H D1X or D2 H D2X or D3 D700. He thinks that it's going to be more of like D4 D800 series cameras. So because otherwise they will just cancel each other in terms of sales. And uh, in terms of this, yeah, we will see a higher resolution Z8 body. So it's not going to directly compete with Z9 because from that point of view, as we discussed before, I just don't see the point of having two cameras with different price points that basically do the same thing. I just rather buy a cheap camera and then add a battery pack at the later stage instead of buying a Z9. Now, from another point of view, if we start to look at the top of the range camera, which is Z9, which is five and a half thousand, then we see Z8, which is high res camera with a fast technology of Z9, that's four and a half. Then we see Z7 Mark III, which is high resolution, slow body, hopefully good, fast autofocus speed, but let's say lower frame rate. Then that one is going to be three and a half. And then Z6 Mark III would be something in about two and a half, three thousand dollar range. Then I guess it makes sense. And obviously Z5 is going to be there at some point after all those cameras will be released. But what do you think about this price strategy from Nikon, if that happens? It does make sense to do it that way around. I think my my hesitation on it is that as long as there is enough benefit to go for a Z8 over a Z7 III, as long as those features warrant the extra thousand pound price tag or thousand dollars or euros or whatever price tag, that is that is really what's going to make the difference between whether the Z7 III happens or doesn't happen and whether or not people would buy a Z7 III or whether they would just decide to, you know, cough up and front for a Z8. That's that's yeah. really what it comes down to. And the Z8 would have to, I feel, would have to have more resolution to warrant that. But if the Z8 yeah. is then the mini Z9, and then the Z7 III has a higher resolution sensor, surely that would push the price up of that camera as well, because the sensor and the that technology is the most expensive component. You've raised an interesting question, and hear me out on this. So let's take Z7 III and Z8. Let's say they're both 61 megapixel Sony sensor. Let's just hypothetically take this. What features would they drop in order to, let's say, shave off a thousand pounds of Z8? So first of all, obviously, build quality. So Z8 is a bigger body. It's better weather sealed compared to Z7 II build quality. That's number one. Autofocus, I think, should be the same on all cameras, including Z6 III and including at some point Z5 Mark II. I think autofocus is something we can't get rid of. So it has to be the new generation of autofocus on all cameras. However, so build quality is number one. Frame rate is number two. Smaller buffer. That could be that. Mm. So you probably put in maybe a slower processor. Then maybe a lower video resolution. So 4K marks instead of 8K. Mm. What do you think? That would basically bring the price down to about three and a half instead of four and a half. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, as a portrait photographer, then you would buy a Z7 Mark III, let's say, if you don't need a slightly bigger body, you yeah. don't need a frame rate, you don't do video enough to justify having 8K for your video work, then it makes sense at three and a half, get a high resolution camera with a good sensor that will give you a good dynamic range. But then 
let's say Z8 is more of a hybrid camera for videographers and maybe for people who also want a higher resolution as well as speed. Well, let's say speed is not as good as Z9, but it's still faster than whatever Nikon offers. And then you pay an extra thousand pounds for it. Yeah. And you're cutting off the grip because you don't want that extra weight, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Z9. And then obviously okay. the grip that comes with Z8 would take a bigger battery. And then the grip that comes with Z7 Mark III will take an L15 battery instead of an L18 on Z8. Sure. Well, I think that that's a logical line of thought. The question is, Becky, if Tom Hogan says that we're going to see Z6 Mark III first with a fast source focus speed. I just don't see it happening before Z8. I personally think that from a business point of view, you want to release the camera, the next one down from Z9 to get those sales in. And yeah. then you will release Z7 III and Z6 III within, let's say, either at the same time within the couple of months from each other to get those markets covered. But you don't go for the cheaper camera and then release a high camera that has the same odds focus speed. It doesn't make sense to me personally. No, I'm with you on that. I think that the logic that the Z6 III would come first makes zero sense from, from Nikon's viewpoint because they would want to put out the next most expensive camera, as you said. So I do think that whatever it is, it will be a Z8 in whatever form that takes. And then later on in the year, we might see the Z6 III. Again, once that technology starts to trickle down, starts to potentially become cheaper because they've now kind of grooved in the production lines, etc. So I think that that makes sense. Tell us what you think about our thoughts on the future Nikon lineup and the release schedules and the pricing structure of the Nikon Z cameras in the comments below. Excellent. All right, and that's been all Nikon news for this week. It's been a quiet week. So just a quick little third-party news, which is DxO finally adding Z9 high efficiency raw support in their software. That's right. So DxO Photo Lab 6.4 now supports high efficiency raw format for the Z9, as well as DxO Pure Raw 3.0. In addition, the 100-400 lens has been added to the downloadable correction. So if you're a DxO user, then go ahead and update your software ASAP. Fantastic. One review this week only. We have a Nikon DF review in 2023 by Martin Adrison YouTube channel. So have a look at that. He clearly loves the camera. I think it speaks to a lot of photographers' hearts, even in 2023. Exactly. Considering that that came out in 2014, that camera, that's quite amazing. It's nine years now. Shocking. Time flies. People still love it. Incredible. And for your weekend read and watch segment, we have I Was All Wrong About Nikon by Bad Flashes on YouTube. How bad were those flashes? Do you know? <laughs> no, you tell me. <laughs> I mean, if you're in London and it's bad flashes, you're totally fine. People got used to that. But, you know. If you're somewhere in the village, in the countryside. <laughs> Might be a bit shocking. Exactly. But he was clearly wrong about Nikon, and apparently he loves them. In this video, he tried FM2, FM3, and Nikon F3. And suddenly, the Leica is sitting on a shelf collecting dust. It's magic, isn't it? So have a look at that. It's a film photography channel. Obviously, we're bringing you a different angle on all Nikon things. So have a look at that and tell us what you think. And that's a wrap for this week. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you very much for watching and or listening. Please give us a like and a subscribe if you're on YouTube. Give us a follow rating, perhaps even a review if you're listening on a podcast platform. Oh yeah, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and all good podcast platforms. We also available on the internet and you're welcome to share us on the social media platforms like Reddit and Facebooks. That's right. And if you'd like to find us on the internet, we're on Instagram. I'm at Rebecca underscore Danese. The shop is at Nikon at Grays and Con at Konstantin Kochkin. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.